let's pray. God, may creator, Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and good in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it begins, and God created the world. Everything we can see and everything we can't see. Right in the beginning, there was nothing. The earth was formless and void. There was nothing except God. God. And God's breath hovering over the water like a bird. And God spoke a word, and the word went out, and it was light, and there was light. So there was light and darkness, and God separated the light and the darkness, and he called the light day, and he called the darkness night. So there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the first day. And God spoke another word, and he said, sky, And the waters separated, so there was water below and water above, and there was a bit in the middle that God called sky. And there it was, just with a word. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the second day. And on the third day, God spoke another word, and God said, separate. So the water all bunched up together, the water that was at the bottom, And on one side, there was the ocean, and on another side, there was the land, just because of the word God spoke. And God spoke again, and he said to the land, green up, grow. Every kind of plant with seeds and fruit just spring out of the earth. And because of the word God spoke, it happened. There were plants everywhere. And they were green and beautiful and they had seeds so they could carry on and there was fruit. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning. And that was the third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the sky. Massive lights. So there was the sun and the moon and the stars. And the sun, he said, right, you are going to light the day. And the moon and the stars will light the night. And as well as doing this, you're going to mark time. So days and weeks and months and years. And so it was. And there was evening and there was morning. And that was the fourth day. On the fifth day, God had some fun. He said, life. And there was life teeming life in the oceans and in the sky. In the oceans, there were swimming things from massive whales to tiny single-celled things that I don't know the name of, and everything else in between. And it was good. And there were birds in the sky, and they were beautiful. And God said to the fish and the birds, be fruitful, increase. I would like to see more of you. And there was evening, There was morning, and it was the fifth day.
And then God said to the land, grow. And out of the land grew not plants this time, but animals. Animals of all shapes and sizes. Animals like insects and reptiles and mammals of all size. From elephants down to tiny little dormice. And things that were beautiful, things that were maybe not so beautiful, but were amazing. And God saw that it was very, very good. But God had not finished that bit of his creation. God said to God, we are now going to create man. Humans, should I say, in our image. And we're going to create them male and female. And so it happened. God created human beings, male and female. He created them. And he said to all of the animals and the humans that he'd created, every green plant that you see is yours to eat. And it's all good. And I can only presume that everything tasted good at that point. So we can only know. We can only imagine, can't we? And he said to the humans, in addition to this, I want to give you a job. Your job is to look after everything because I love it. It's good. You are in my image. It is your job to look after everything I've created, the land, the plants, the animals, everything you can see and some things you can't even see. So there was evening, there was morning, and that was the sixth day. And on the seventh day, God realized that he'd finished. Creation was perfect. It was all there. There was the land, there was the sea, there were clouds, there was water, fish and all sorts of swimming things, and birds and animals and humans. And God saw that it was very, very good. So God took a rest and he enjoyed it. And he decided that he was, going to, he was going to create something on that last day. He was going to make that last day special. He was going to make it holy and set apart. And that was going to be a very, very important part of what humans did. Rest. It sounds good. God saw that it was all very good. And that was the seventh day. And that is the story of creation that we have in Genesis chapter 1, um, up to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Then it gets a bit different. And I forgot to mention, when you know the whole green plant thing? There was obviously one green plant that God didn't want humans to eat. We are going to hear about that in a couple of weeks from Helen. <laughs> so everybody loves a story, don't they? Everybody can listen to a story. And that is why we've decided in the next few weeks to concentrate on telling the story of God and his people through the Bible. But um, we're actually going to learn to tell it ourselves as well. So hopefully, if you're a member of a small group, we're gonna, this is what we're really going to be concentrating on. And you're, everybody who's preaching in front of you is going to be having a crack at it as well. So it, it is, it, it's very possible to do this. And this method of telling God's story, of evangelizing, if you will, has been used in cross-cultural mission for many, many years. And you may know or you may not know that we 
are in a cross-cultural situation at the moment. Most people around us have not heard of God, and many people have never heard Bible stories. And they're really great. And it is actually over 70% of our Bible is comprised of narrative story. So God must like it as well. He knows that we work this way. And of course, the Bible was, when it was originally written, it wasn't written, it was told. So people would have um, got up and told it to each other. And you, maybe you forget little bits here and there, but it, it is, it's a great way of communicating it. But we're not just going to be telling the story. We're going to be thinking about what questions people might have when they hear these stories. And there are some major questions that people will have when they hear this particular story. Um, I think the biggest one in our post-Enlightenment Western civilization is, how on earth can you believe that absolute claptrap? I mean, six days? That's crazy. We know so much about science, and we know how things work, and we know how to date trees that are older than you're talking about. What on earth am I on about? And I'm not going to try and give a majorly scientific answer because I'm not um, totally wired that way. But I will say that this story is not a scientific treatise. When you read Genesis 1, it is not trying, it's not a recipe book for a world, is it? If you follow those steps, you're not going to get a universe. Probably. Please don't try it. That could be, yeah. No, but it isn't. It's not the same as that. And in fact, there's another story of the creation of, of, um, of man and woman straight afterwards. So that's confusing. Um, but what Genesis is telling us and what it was telling the people who would have heard it at first is about things about God. We learn about God from that. And what do we learn about God? Well, for one thing, we learn that God is the uncreated creator. At the beginning, God was there. And as Christians, we look at that passage and we can see maybe some echoes of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there, of, of the triune God. So God is there as a personal God, as a personal God who talks. That Let us create man in our own image. And as David read the passage from, from John about, in the beginning was the word. Well, you could say that the word is the son. The word is sent out to do things. Anyway, that's a bit deep. But anyway, there is some kind of relationship going on then. And God is, so God is relationship. God is there all the time, eternal, everlasting. And God creates just with a word, just with one word, things have to obey him. We do forget this sometimes, don't we? That we follow a God who can create just with a few words. It's wonderful that we believe that God is within us and God is our friend and Jesus is walking with us. But we have this transcendent, amazing, mysterious, impossible to understand God who can create everything out of nothing with one word. How mind-blowing. <laughs> Um, and God is a God of order. 
Look at the order that 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 passage comes in. So you get the light and darkness. You get the, um, oh, I've forgotten it now, but I'm not telling it. Well, yeah, so you get the separation of the sea, you get the land, and then you get the things in the sea and the, the sky and the land. It, it just flows beautifully. God is a God of order and beauty. And God loves the world that he created. Every day, God looks at what he has created and says, it's good. And that's one of the reasons I I love that clip we just saw in the beginning, because it's Morgan Freeman. Reminds me of the film Bruce Almighty. So, yeah. So I don't think I've really totally answered the, the science and religion question at all. But I know that there are a lot of people who have done a lot towards doing that. Because another question that that I would ask of this is, it says that we're created in the image of God at the end. What on earth does that mean? Does that mean, in some translations it says we're God-like. And that's quite difficult to get your head around, really. We're God-like. We are in the image of God. We're in the image of the God who created the world with his word, purely with his will and his word. What does that mean for us? It means that we reflect all of those characteristics of God, except the uncreated bit, because we're obviously created beings. We are creative people. You look around the world and you see the things that people have made. That we, we want to know things, don't we? And there are people who have looked into the science and religion question. And I, if, you're, if you're really interested in looking into this, there's a guy called John Lennox who's written extensively on this subject. Um, and I, I would very much recommend him, as well as John Polkinghorne. And somebody told me at the end of the last service that Brian Cox, I know not really somebody that you hear talked about in church all that much, but um, one of his latest books is talking about the, the utter mystery of the universe. So whenever people start really looking hard into this stuff, they start to find that there's something they can't quite put their thumb on. We are creative people. We want to find out how things work. We also want to make things. But remember the Sabbath thing? We're created in the image of God who had a rest after making a world. And I don't really know what he did, but I mean, he, he enjoyed what he created. He obviously liked, God obviously liked spending time in his world, with his world, and with the people that he created. So there's something very profound there for us. This whole concept of rest is more important than we might imagine. And it's not just a day to get ready for the rest of the week. It is a day that is set apart wholly. A day where we we worship God and we enjoy his creation. And we enjoy some of our creations as well. So... There's been a lot spoken, hasn't there, about specific words in this passage. You know when, when God says to, to the humans, um, in some translations it says, subdue the earth. That has been used to, um, to 
do some many, many bad things in the past. But I think we probably need to look at it as being the steward of the earth. Because God trusted humans to do this. I still can't quite understand it. He actually trusts us to look after his world. And perhaps we don't always do that brilliantly. Um, Today is actually World Environment Day. And I I didn't do this on purpose, it just happened. I didn't plan it especially that that, um, I was going to be speaking about the creation of the world on World Environment Day. But how apt and how appropriate. We need to love the world as God loved it. There is a lot happening, isn't there? That, that is not right in the world. And of course, the next part of the story, which Helen is going to be telling, will, will probably reflect on, on why that is. But at the heart of it, we have to remember that creation is good, that God loves us, and that God trusts us so much that he will actually entrust us with his beloved creation. What an incredible thing. Um, I have not answered all of my own questions on this passage. And you might be able to think of lots of other questions that people might ask if you tell them this story. I'd be really interested to talk to you about that um, after the service, if you'd, like to, if you'd like to come talk to me about this. And if you'd like any more information about the rest of the series. I'm hoping that this might make it easier for us to tell other people about the story of God. So I'm looking forward to seeing what all the different um, preachers do with their sermons as well. Because this isn't about trying to shove people into a box and tell them to tell a story a particular way. It's about being the people we are. Because, I mean, we are created to be in the image of God. And if we are truly... Being that person, we're going to set the world on fire. Amen.